This is On and Off Your Mat podcast episode 90, beginning again, a way to practice and to live. Have you ever started something new and secretly expected you do it perfectly the first time? Or after doing it just a few times, you'd be a master at it? I think we all have at some point or another, and chances are we were disappointed with the results. For today's episode, I sat down with Peter Walters. Peter is a yoga teacher and student of life with the motto to always begin again. Focusing on learning and growing in order to move skillfully and joyfully through life, he uses yoga as a vehicle to share presence, joy, community, and awakening practices. You can find him exploring the world and leading retreats, teaching at festivals, on the Headspace app, and in a Zoom room near you. We sat down today to talk about that idea of beginning again and how that Zen practice can impact you on and off the map. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to give you a few reminders and announce something. So first, I'll be leading an eco-luxury yoga retreat in Mexico next November, so 2021. If you're craving to immerse yourself in yoga, in nature, and in community again, or if you're looking to feel renewed and re-enlivened, this chance to hit the beach and the reset button is for you. You'll find all the info for that retreat at ericabelanger.com and you'll have a link in the show notes to go directly to the retreats page. In parallel, I have launched a GoFundMe campaign. Yoga retreats were pivotal in my personal growth, so I've been wanting to give back. I am raising money while investing alongside the community to make the experience of a yoga retreat available to students who wouldn't be able to participate otherwise. So if you're able to donate anything, you could transform someone else's life. And if you're in need, you can apply for the scholarship. Either way, I would love for you to share it with the people you love and on social media. It's really a simple way you can directly impact others' life in a positive way. So, of course, I'll put links for this in the show note, a link for you to apply, a link for you to share, and a link for you to donate. We recently launched a new membership platform here on the podcast. We moved from Patreon to With Ribbon. So now to get access to all the podcast premium content and to get access to our 200 video class library, you'll need to visit withribbon.com slash you slash Erica Belanger. And of course, I'll put the link for that in the show notes as well. So many good things there today. Last announcement. I have a gift for you. Remember Julie from episode 83? Her new book, The Transformation Journey, was just released and she generously offered to give you guys a copy. So all you have to do to enter our giveaway is to leave a review for the podcast anywhere you listen. Take a screenshot of it and send it to me by email at erica.belanger at gmail.com or send it into my DM on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast. That way I'll have your contact info if when you win and I'll announce the winner on our next episode. Yay. All right. Let's get to our episode of today with Peter. Hi, Peter. Hey, how are you, Erica? I'm well. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. So, Peter, for listeners that don't know you, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your yoga journey to get us started? Sure. Well, I guess I first found yoga um, in high school. Uh, there was a yoga club. And to, to be totally honest, it was all women. And it seemed like a great way to make a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the practice didn't admittedly take root in me until after college and I moved to the Bay. 
And I had been going to the gym and kind of doing that adventure. Um, no concept really of mindfulness, of meditation, of, of really what yoga was um, beyond, you know, the vision of core power or something. And, and my partner at the time took me to Urban Flow Yoga and she took me to Rusty Wells's class. Very and, different than um, Power Flow or their core power. Totally. Yeah. And, exactly and and immediately walking in the smell of incense wafted down the stairs there's a line of people at the door it was a room full of i don't know 120 people packed in sweaty before it even started classical indian music blaring from the speakers it was it was an environment that was so foreign to me and uh appealing and alluring and you know i kind of struggled through my first class it was an upper level class but at the end, in Shavasana, it was the most cathartic experience I think I'd really ever had. I was, I was crying. I was in a pool of sweat. I was holding hands with my partner. And the, the heat, the music, the, the symphony of, of so many beautiful things, um, it kind of it kept pulling me back. It, was, um, it reconnected me to a spirituality that I've always felt but didn't, but didn't know how to ground, didn't know what to connect it to. I never had religion in my life, but it but it started helping me question, um, you know, the, the, the purpose, why am I here? What, what am I doing? And, and somehow the warrior ones and the warrior twos and the chaturangas and the sweat and that whole environment awoke something in me and it, and it's, and it's still alive. So that, that was sort of the beginning and, uh, and it's, it's stuck with me ever since. How long ago is that? This was in 2011. And I started teaching very soon after that. So mm-hmm. you felt right away that it was like a path for you. Well, I mean, no, <laughs> Rusty kind of pulled me kicking and screaming into my first training. I really didn't have any intention of teaching, but it, it felt like it was a it was a practice that resonated a lot. And then more and more, I realized it was a vehicle for me to to share my understanding of of life and to share my my joy and my appreciation for reality as it was unfolding. Um, Cause it helped me get out of my mind. It helped me, it helped me see through all the, the bickering and chattering of my thoughts and, and get in, in touch with, with reality, you know, in a, in a way that felt very um, truthful and mm-hmm. not drama filled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would get moments of that in, in a class and, um, and it's kept pulling me back and, and it's made me want to share the practice too. Mm-hmm. So in those things that you share, there's one theme that comes up, um, fairly often. And what I see from you is the idea of beginning again or to begin again. Do you feel like that's kind of at the center of your teachings? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think yoga is a wonderful a wonderful vehicle that offers us a fresh start. I feel like yoga gives us a chance to, to clear the slate of whatever was happening before we came to our mat or, or came to our meditation cushion. We could be busy in some fight we're having or, or replaying some conversation with, we had with somebody. And then as soon as we return to the mat or the cushion, we, we come back to our breath and to our body and to what is in the present moment, what is alive right now. So really every day, every time I come back to the mat, I really do feel like I'm clearing the slate. 
and it, and it makes it makes the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows of life a little bit more gentle for me mm-hmm. because I have the context. I have the foundation of yoga to help me start over. Okay, a new down dog. What does it feel like today? What does my breath feel like today? How's my energy today? It's, it's sort of my, my daily regular check-in mm-hmm. to, to stop all the BS and arrive at what is real, what is totally in front of me. And, and to sort of move past all the illusions. So really, it's like hitting a reset button and it's bringing you in presence because you're letting go of everything else that's kind of on autopilot, right? It's asking you to be, to observe, to be a, a bit more of a witness of what's happening right now. Do you feel that that allows you a little bit more acceptance of that moment or just the simple awareness of it? Yeah, the hope is that it it offers acceptance, um, but at a minimum, it 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 allows you to look at what you're working with. You know, like sometimes, I, I remember, I remember a couple years ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. During the day, I found out I was out at lunch with a friend, and then she called me. She's like, "Can we talk?" And she told me what happened, hmm. and I just sat down next to a tree and just, yeah, she's okay now. But I sat down next to a tree and just kind of felt it and cried, and then like. An hour later, I was like, wow, I have to teach tonight. And then I was like, oh, I got to cancel class. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to class and I'm going to show up and be in presence and, and trust that what has happened today will, will be infused in what I share and in my presence and in, in my gratitude for being alive and having my health. And, and yeah, I mean, showing up for your practice doesn't make you accept what is, but it allows you to see it more clearly. Like, this is what I'm working with. This is alive. This is real. Instead of just being caught in fear, anger, jealousy, hatred, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the things that catch us so often. So it's, it's, it's the context. It's the context through which I get to live. It's the lens through which I see the world and try to interact. And do you think that it's part of the, like almost a discipline, like to give yourself that as a tool or as a goal, like to create that full stop, to create that presence, to create, and it's part of how you show up in a disciplined way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I've always been pretty, uh, a pretty undisciplined person generally. And, and yoga has inspired some measure of discipline, Mm -hmm. but I think the community does that more that I get to show up for people that, that, that I have the responsibility and the honor to share the journey of life and the journey of yoga with other people. So unlike perhaps an Ashtanga practice, which is a practice that breeds deep discipline of showing up early to your yoga mat and going through a very vigorous series, what I teach and what I practice, I, I hope to make maybe fig- physically rigorous, but, but uh, an easy yes. When you wake up in the morning to make the practice easy for myself and for others to come back to it because it's going to inspire appreciation. It's going to inspire a laugh or a cry or it'll, mm-hmm. it'll awaken something. That's my hope in myself and, and whoever I'm blessed to serve. So, so discipline, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people who religiously shows up on my mat seven days a week, whether I'm, I'm teaching or not. I, I show up when I'm teaching and when I need 
to re-arrive, you know, when I need some grounding. Mm -hmm. And and I sit most days. I'm I'm not militant or religious or disciplined, super disciplined about any of it. I I kind of just I let life unfold. And when I need to to sit down, if I need to move, I do. Um that's sort of my my personal philosophy and practice. Is it doesn't, I don't want to add more um stress or anxiety to my life. And sometimes a super religious practice can do that. Oh, I have to practice. Mm-hmm. I want to. Th- I want to throw that away. I want to say I, I get to practice right now. I want to practice right now. Yeah, that's nice. So, if we take the idea of beginning again for people that are kind of new to that, how can that look for them on their mat and then off their mat? Like, how can their life or their practice be a little bit different if they come to the mat and to their life challenges with that idea? Yeah. Great question. You know, I, I think for me, the a lot of the practice, the asana practice, is uh, is a persistent rearrival because inevitably, in an hour long practice, your mind is going to drift. You're going to be thinking about something else, something that already happened, or your to do list, or a date you have, or a text message that was a little tense, or some relationship in your life. Throughout that hour, inevitably, almost a hundred percent for most people something will come up. Mm-hmm. And the practice of beginning again for me is, is, oh yes, I'm here. I'm now. I'm in this breath. I'm in this pose. And it's, it's so simple, but in practice, it's harder. You know, like it's, it's a constant reminding yourself. <laughs> it sounds yeah, simple, it's a but constant, then. Totally. I mean, and that's why we use drishti. That's why you steady your eyes on some point. Because when your eyes are steady, just maybe your mind can follow your eyes and be locked in the moment. And that's why I use mantra, because it it steadies the mind on a loop, on a specific word or phrase or name of, of a deity to, to kind of pull ourselves away from compulsive, uncontrolled thinking, mm-hmm. to, to, to rein ourselves back into this one particular instant. So I, maybe my cueing tries to, to do that. And, and a lot of teachers do this, the breath awareness, inhale, reach your right leg up. To, to, to yoke, to pull together the mind, the body, and the heart or the intention into that one moment. Inhale, right leg up. Your mind and your breath and your body are working as one beautiful symphony mm-hmm. in that moment. So um, the, the nature of vinyasa, I think, already breeds that, that level of presence. Um, but maybe my begin again is sort of like, it's okay your mind drifted off. Come on back. It's okay. You can start again, again, and again, and again, maybe a thousand times in Mm -hmm. one class. Um, And the hope is that over time, over sustained regular practice, the need to begin again, maybe starts to decrease because you find yourself more in presence. Or that beginning is more subtle. Yeah, it is. It is exactly. Um, Your, your mental drifting off is, is, Uh, less dramatic Mm -hmm. and you can catch yourself more quickly. Oh yeah. I just realized as we were talking, I was thinking about what's next, you know? So off the mat, this can happen. You're having a conversation with somebody and they're talking and our, our natural tendency, I think is to start planning what we're going to say to, to agree with them, to, to counter what they're saying. Mm -hmm. We're planning Mm -hmm. our response. But in my mind, the practice of beginning again is, is stop, stop thinking, just listen, hear, absorb, really listen. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that can happen in your relationships with somebody dear. It can happen with a barista at a cafe. It's every moment <clears throat> I can check in and say, am I really here? Or am I totally, am I a thousand miles away? Am I yesterday? Am I tomorrow? So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it comes back to discipline. It's a diligence of, of presence, of, of reigning in the thoughts, like tunnel vision into the moment. And, and we can do that anytime, whether we're in line at a grocery store, you're in the bathroom, whatever. Every moment is, is a really ripe chance to awaken yourself, awaken yourself to what's real and what's here and now. I find the idea of listening is a very simple one for people to pick up and it makes a huge difference. You can really notice in your presence, in your connection with people, in the level of intimacy that the conversation is going to go to if you're actually fully present and fully into listening to what the other person is saying instead of preparing your answer to what they're saying right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's a great, great suggestion. When we are thinking of that idea to begin again as a teacher, do you see it as a way of staying student forever? Like always re-beginning or continuing in our learning in a way. Like I'm stepping on the mat as a teacher, but not that I've done this three times today already or, you know, seven times this week or how how many, you know a thousand times in my life, whatever the number is, but showing up as well as a teacher to the practice as if you are teaching it for the first time and continuing to learn your skills as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I don't like calling myself or when other people call me a yoga teacher, you know, I, I, I put that in my Instagram bio and on my website, to not confuse people, but <laughs> I, I want to be, a, I want to be a, a student of yoga and a student of life and a student of breath and to share my studentship as I teach, you know, my, my teaching is really, is, is really a, watching what is arising in the present moment and, and trying to remember what happened. How did that go? What, what did it elicit when I said, lift your right leg up and breathe into your open hip, whatever, you know, like, what am I learning in, in my teaching? Mm. and and so the, the 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 learning never stops you know like some people said I, I did my 200 hour now I'm a teacher and I'm like maybe I mean I know plenty of people and teachers who have who have taught for 20 years and thousands of hours of training and still in my opinion are not fantastic teachers and I also know people who have taken a 50 hour training just a little a little taste of it and will be amazing, amazing teachers and practitioners. You know, it's, it's so little about how many hours you have, the, the RYT. I think that's just window dressing, but the quality of your presence. Can you relate to people? Can you communicate clearly? Um, do you know the practice well enough in your body to share something um, rewarding and rich and healing for the people that you get to serve? My teacher, Rusty, you know, there's been days when you'll teach five classes maybe. And on the fourth class, you're like, yeah, I have to go teach. And he would be like, uh-uh, uh, stop there. You have to teach or you get to teach. This, this reminder that, that all of this is a privilege, that we get to, to share the experience of, of working ourselves towards awakening with other people. And what a gift that is. You know, we, get, we can get very caught up in the, the nuances of, of warrior two and the alignment and, and all that jazz, which is, which is nice and interesting, but this is a practice to help us heal. It's a practice to help us wake up 
from all of our busyness. Mm-hmm. You know, this, the, and a lot of that's been lost in modern yoga, but, but yoga was traditionally a practice to help people awaken. It was a practice for enlightenment. And, um, and, and so much of that's gotten lost. So, so my, my hope and my work is to try to weave in those reminders of why we're here, really, behind why you think you're here, which may be, I got to get stretchier, I got to get stronger, I got to lose weight. I want to understand how warrior two works given the internal rotation of the <laughs> thigh bone and the scapular, whatever, you know, like, yes, that's cool, but and? we're here for a bigger purpose. Yeah. yeah. And we're here for a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. So how as teacher, can we honor that privilege of teaching and have some ways of some habits that we dedicate ourselves to that lifelong learning or to stay on this path? What do you do or what yeah. do you would suggest people could do? I mean, part of me says, like, keep taking trainings, mm-hmm. uh, keep studying with teachers and and really people who have mastered the craft and speak to your heart. You know, not just somebody who's a quote unquote good teacher or a celebrity teacher, but somebody who really speaks to you mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a language that you understand. Um, second, to to give yourself stillness often to stop moving. It doesn't mean you have to sit every day for 30 minutes, not a prescription, but just put yourself in stillness to be in nature, to stop moving, to put down your phone, to, to practice the stuff that we're teaching really. And to be silent, you know, to stop talking so much. And, um, what else helps would help a teacher begin again? You know, you can have, people can have their own unique rituals to before they teach. I think that can be helpful. Um, stuff like lighting incense or showing up early and sitting for a bit or moving for a bit on your own. That's, that's all good. Um, it's so personal, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what, what a specific process is, but I think at a base level, don't teach 25 classes a week, you know, like limit your energy output. I I've noticed, I I've taught 25 classes a week and I noticed that the quality of, yeah, the quality of my teaching and, um, my, my joy for life in yoga decreases the more I teach. So I I've, I've taken times when I've taught three or four classes a week and I find other ways to make money, retreats, workshops, other jobs completely, mm-hmm. but you want to show up every time you show up to, to, to share the practice with the students, you want to make it rich. You want to make it alive. You want to make them really feel what yoga has done for you. And when we're teaching five classes a day or three classes, even three classes a day, that can often get lost. It's, it's like, hard okay, to here tap we are into again. that every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need, we need to, to manage our own energy and, and think of ways to make the finances more sustainable. You know, like there's the business of yoga talk, you know, that that's yeah. another conversation, but, <laughs> sure is. Um, but like, but how you show up for the people who are in your presence is important. And, and you also don't know what people have gone through. So if you show up lazy and kind of like, okay, everybody, let's start in, start in down dog and, and, you know, move it around and just, and, it, and your lack of energy, your lack of enthusiasm is clear. What are you offering to people? Those people are there to heal and you never know what somebody has walked in with. Mm-hmm. Somebody just might've lost somebody or, or their loved one is very sick or, you know, they, they, they went through a divorce. And when you show up kind of deflated from your tired day, that's not fair. You are not doing justice to the practice, to your teachers. 
and and to the people in front of you. You know, we, mm-hmm. we get the privilege to share this. So it's important that we do it right. Just remembering that it is a privilege or just remembering or asking yourself why you're showing up. Like, why why are you here today? A bit like we do as students, yeah. like setting an intention for a practice on the mat as a way to be here for more than the hamstring stretch, you know, as to bring that into mm-hmm. presence and into awareness. As a teacher, I think we can do the same. Like, what am I trying to offer today? Why? Why do I want to teach today? Why? Totally. How can I make the most of this? Yep. And then I think if we're in our life in general, if we're seeking for opportunities to grow <clears throat> as a person, that will transfer in the way we teach. Um, if we are like willing to get out of our comfort zone in our life off the mat, mm-hmm. it's probably going to you know, ripple into the way we're going to not take risks as teacher, but show up maybe more vulnerably, depending yeah. on where you start, you know, and what would bring a little bit more aliveness to your presence and to your teaching. So there's there's many mm-hmm. options for sure, I think, that we can take yeah. in our lives and then bring them into our teachings as well. Mm-hmm. I've tried I've tried rigid lifestyles of, of the more yogic lifestyle. And I've tried more ecstatic tantric styles, just kind of just saying yes to what hits my doorstep. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've done the sober times of like I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm not doing drugs, I'm doing everything, I'm going vegan, I'm just doing things very pure and simple and not complicating. And then I've been times where I'm out having dinner with friends and they're like, let's have a beer and smoke a cigarette. And I'm like, okay. And just and just kind of and just kind of throwing myself in because that's that's the reality that's in my face. That's that is my present moment awareness. And I think there's something really beautiful about just saying yes to life as it hits you. You know, I, I have a, a Sufi teacher and, mm-hmm. and he's like, everything and everyone that you encounter is God. Every instant in, in your present field is God. And if my friend is like, dude, have a cigarette. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks God. <laughs> this is not to say I'm a cigarette smoker or indulge dramatically, but I, I try more and more to let, to let life arrive at my doorstep and welcome it with open arms and also let it go when it's ready to go. And so that's, that's people experiences um, every moment that shows it's like, okay, what is, what's the lesson here for me? And maybe that lesson is discernment. Maybe the lesson is like, maybe don't have that cigarette, you know, mm-hmm. maybe don't have that fifth shot of vodka. Um, but, but what can I learn from my moments? How can I treat every moment that I get to be alive as sacred? Um, that's what I try for, you know, and, and of course we're going to fall back asleep. We're going to fall back into our patterns often, but if that's my intention, my intention is to be awake and to be attentive to every moment in front of me and to see it as holy. Wow. That can really, that can awaken a life that changes your perspective. for sure. Yeah. It can make the mundane magical. Mm -hmm. You made me think of something that we didn't talk about when we talked about beginning again, but it's also that idea of letting go. If you begin again, it gives you a little bit of space to let go of what you're clinging on to all the things you're trying to control in your life and all the things you don't want to change. If you give yourself permission to begin again, well, that means that can go too, at least for now, just put it aside for now. Right. So that's, it's totally. both. Yeah. That's um, and it's not, it's not, it's not like let it go as a bypassing mechanism of like, you know, like you might be, there might be some real thing that you're working with and struggling with. It's not just like, let it go, man. It's like, put it down for now yeah. and, and and let this moment be what this moment is that includes the yoga studio or the yoga, 
the, the community you're with and the people you're with and, and be in that, you know, like, you know, the other thing will come back that you're, that you're, that you're having difficulty with, but right now be in this moment. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the opportunity that this concept of begin again offers us. And this isn't my, you know, begin again, isn't my thing. It's a, it's a Buddhist practice and it's a Buddhist phrase to, to a reminder that when the mind drifts, come back to the now. Because mm-hmm. now is all we have. It's all that's really real. You know, what, what happened even just a minute ago, I have no idea if that actually happened. Like, I think it did. Like, I think we've been on this thing. But, but this call could have just started a moment ago for all that I know. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, that I'll have what's next. I hope that my, my plans, my visions for later today and tomorrow and well, 10 unfold. years from now come yeah. into fruition. But I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Like, quite literally, this particular moment is all that we have. And that's so cool. I think that's a lesson that um, in society we had to learn a little bit this year, whether we wanted it or not. And I read one of your students writing, one of the bright spots of the COVID shutdown is getting to have a regular practice with Peter. So Mm. I wanted to ask you, how did that situation, how did COVID this year allow you to begin again in a new way or learn how to be a teacher in a new way or what is one of the blessings that this year brought to you and to your teachings yeah it's it's allowed each of us myself included to practice yoga in the way that it was traditionally designed to be practiced which is at home you know in the comfort of your own home to roll out your mat and you know having a a teacher share the practice with you over zoom is of course not traditional, but, but, um, to be able to modify the practice, to make it your own, to use props, to not use props, to stop and grab a glass of water, to stop practicing completely and not feel judged by the teacher or the people around you. Um, to make this a very personal practice. I think that's what this has enabled for a lot of people. And, and it's a personal practice that we're doing in community online. Um, and there's, and I've, I've even felt a, a deeper intimacy with a lot of students who, who I would know, I would see in passing often at, at yoga studios and some of whose name I would know after years of practice sometimes, but, but here on zoom, I get to see their names. I get to say, John, how are you? Oh my gosh, your dog, Joe, Josie is coming over there. How's your new baby? And, and just, I've, I've, I've watched the most magnificent evolutions of people and families and partnerships and kids I've, I've been with people through death of family members, of birth of new children, of marriages, of divorces. Like to be able to witness that through the little Zoom screen is also quite an honor. And, and people are, you know, the people who choose to turn their video on are really inviting us into their homes. Yeah. Me as the facilitator and also their, their community. Like, check out, this is where I live. This is where I practice. This is where I work. This is where I sleep. That's my baby. That's my dog. That's my partner. Those are my kids. It's so cool. You know, we, I, I feel like I'm really getting to know people in a, in a totally mm. different way. Um, and, and yeah, I miss the studio. I miss hearing people chant. I miss hearing the breath. I miss hearing the, you know, like the, feeling the sweat. I miss walking through bodies of people um, in a crowded studio. That, that was amazing. And I hope that we can get back there, but, but this feels richer, oddly enough. Mm. Um, and, and I, and I started doing this before we were technically locked down. You know, I was hearing about COVID and a virus spreading. I was like, I got to get out of the studio. This doesn't feel in alignment. This doesn't feel safe. 
Um, so I, I was one of the first of my colleagues and friends to start doing classes online. And because I had been collect, building an email list and because I have some social media followers, I started, um, a lot of people would come to classes early on, which is so cool. And, um, and it's been really fun to just to watch the community evolve and, and grow. And some people have been with me since the very first class I taught online over a year ago. Amazing. And yeah. Some of them are with me four or five times a week. So um, they feel like my friends. They feel like my family. They feel like that the, the sense of community that, that all yoga teachers talk about is now, for me, finally becoming very palpable. Because, mm. um, you know, the people who came to Monday, Wednesday night classes at Yoga Works with me, I see in the Zoom room. It's like they're 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 keeping their practice, and so I'm constantly inspired by the community and by the people who show up and continue to. Mm. That's a really good way to see it because I know not all teachers have felt like that, and some teachers have felt a little yeah. more disconnected or a little bit of like Zoom fatigued and kind of really wanted to go back or just you know a little nostalgic of the before. So it's always yeah. nice to to hear some positive outcomes and possibilities. Yeah. I mean, and we're not going back. Like people would often talk about when are we going to go back to normal life? I'm like, baby, this is normal life. This is your life. This is our current yoga experience. And, and we'll go back to something, you know, you'll go back to a yoga studio, but it'll be different. You know, the energy will be different. I, I suspect 30 or 40 or 50% of people will not go back to studios because they realize they can save time and money from practicing at home. Mm -hmm. They don't need to like get a babysitter, get in the bus, get in the car, drive, deal with parking, deal with the, you know, the, the person yelling at them, you know, like you can skip all that. You just open your computer, you know, yeah. pay your, pay your entrance fee. And there you are Yeah, from the comfort of your own home. So I think we've, we've awakened something for students and for teachers that we can do this from home. We can, um, uh, you know, build a successful business from the comfort of our own home. If you're diligent, if you're committed, if you're regular about showing up in a consistent way for the community. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, well, well, I don't have, you know, enough Instagram followers. I don't have enough emails. It's like, I'm sorry, but that's an excuse. You know, there's, do you want to do like, there are ways to start now, do something, start teaching classes. And like, there there are ways to foster the, the community that you do have, make them, you know, make that community that you do have, whether it's 10 people or 20 or 50 or a thousand, make them want to come back to you. What can you offer? How can you show up in a way that that they feel like you're inviting them into something? They're part of something bigger than just their yoga class. They want to feel a sense of community as I do. So I'm trying to create a a community and a platform that I want to be part of. And I want to hang out and and where there's people who I want to hang out with. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the blessings was the driving. I used to drive average three hours a day to get from class to class, which now I save and I have those three extra hours in my day available to do something else, right? That makes a big difference in your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And you don't get the time back, you know, and and, um, time is our most valuable resource that you cannot make more of. You know, like Absolutely. the money is going to come and go. The students are going to come and go, but your time, your breath, you know, you want to value that. And, and that's up to each of us to say, how do I want to utilize it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned earlier 
was about cultivating our energy as a way to show up fully as teachers. And I think it's also one of the ways that we need to continuously like grow our community, grow a practice, grow anything around us, just the way we feel is to cultivate that health, that energy. And so I wanted to ask you, how is your practice or how can we step on the mat in a way of having that as an intention and not so much, you know, getting into the splits or whatever your pose, you know, that one pose that you've been longing to do or whatever <laughs> that is for you. How can we bring more joy? You mentioned a little bit joy and gratitude earlier. And just so how do we show up and do that for ourselves? I don't know. Mm. If I had if I had a good answer, I'd I'd share it. Um I think I I've kind of for my grandmother, I've received the happy gene where most days I wake up feeling optimistic and grateful and excited about the the opportunities that the day offers. And, and that's not like, ooh, I get this meeting or I get to do this job. It's like the opportunities are the subtle moments in between, you know, when you get to like, I get to take this breath, I get to enjoy this simple mm. stretch, I get to shower in water, like to recognize the privileges that I have, which are immense. Yeah. Immense. So gratitude and appreciation. A, a to be, yeah, that's, that's a great way to start. And, and I think there's two ways to look at it. Like what I do on the mat informs my uh, energy for the rest of my day, which is true but also what I do in the rest of my day informs how I show up on my mat. So am I exercising beyond my yoga? Am I running? Am I biking? Am I dancing? Am I going for long walks? Am I eating healthy, colorful, light foods? Am I spending time with people who inspire me? Mm -hmm. Am I ingesting content from the internet and podcasts and books that are, um, uplifting just and, mm -hmm. drivel? Yeah. Are they uplifting? Are they, um, Are they adding positivity to my life? So I, th I think I think it kind of works both ways. It's this beautiful bi-directional experience of like mat time reminds me to appreciate what I have when I'm not on my mat. And when I'm not on my mat, it's it's my chance to prime myself for mm. a really wonderful day and a wonderful moment that. and a wonderful life, you know, like our 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 moments inform how we how we spend our days. And um I'm definitely not perfect in terms of the things that cultivate health and vitality. You know, I, I think before I came in here, I just, I saw this little like ketogenic, uh, uh, brownie bite. And I was like, that looks delicious. And I ate two of them. And, and if I was following my healthy protocols, I'd have an apple instead. So I'm still very much pulled by the, the sirens, by the play of life that, um, that pull us off track, which might be like laziness and sugar and heavy foods and greasiness and uh, what are all those? You know, there's I, Instagram, TV, the and, things that, yeah, exactly. The things that suck life from us and suck energy from us. And I'm totally pulled into those, but it's like, every time I step onto my mat, I remember it's like, this is what gives me vitality. Every time I eat something light and nourishing vegetables and salad, this is what nourishes me. Every time I go for a bike ride, it's like, I remember. So Again, it's this constant begin again. Every moment I eat the heavy thing and I feel crap. I'm like, uh, instead of like, uh, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, okay, well, I can do better next time. I'm going to try, you know? It's yeah, just, it's I remember now. To, I remember. It's not just, I shouldn't eat this. It's like, 
Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear it. Yeah. Thank you, body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the body, I don't know who said, I can't remember who said it, but they said the body is the truth teller. You know, the body is not going to lie to you. Your, your mind's like, oh, no, no, have, have a 10th candy bar. But your body's like, dude, stop that. That does not feel good. My belly hurts. Please leave me alone. Give me some, give me some greens. Mm-hmm. the body's always going to tell us the truth. And, and same with any yoga pose, you know, you'll be in a bind and your body's like, ah, <laughs> why are you pulling you know, so hard like, on my shoulder? Off, maybe <laughs> Stop that. That doesn't feel right. It's like, listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? If there's like one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with today, either about beginning again or being a student of life or a long life student or, you know, anything else we've talked about? Well, I think you distilled it pretty nicely. Begin again and become a student of your life. You know, this life is, is I, I like the idea that every person, every moment that I encounter throughout my day is a teacher for me. Every time my heart is broken, every, anytime I get hurt, anytime I lose something or someone, anytime I win or succeed or gain something, um, any moment of joy or fear or sadness, it's all my teacher. And instead of getting caught in the emotional churn of, oh, I shouldn't have done that, or I wish they wouldn't, or why can't, instead of getting caught in the narratives and making it me and mine to say like, interesting, fear has stepped into my home or anger or jealousy has popped by and kind of just notice that, notice the feeling in your body, like own it, live it, but step back behind the the chatter and say and just notice that's what's happening you know i don't i don't need to own um anger as me that anger is not me it is happening it is alive but i can watch anger happening i cannot own it so tightly i don't need to clench onto it i can i can let it go i can start again any moment so mm-hmm. become a student of your life and constantly constantly begin again Yeah, with presence and curiosity so you don't get caught up. So you're like, oh, yeah, interesting. Look at, you know, this is showing up again. (laughs) Exactly. That's it. Awesome. I'll put all your info in the show notes. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to work with you, they want to practice with you? Or I'm sure I know you have retreats coming up. So take a moment and tell us where to find you and what you're offering. Sure. You can find my website at www.peteryoga.com. And there you can sign up for live stream classes. I have workshops coming up. I have some yoga retreats. I have recorded classes and and all the things. There's so much fun stuff. And I'm also now on the Headspace app, which is pretty exciting. So I have some uh, yoga classes on there. Thank you. And yeah, a retreat coming up. in Northern California and then in sailing in Turkey. Hooray. So I'm super excited about both of those. Um, and I'm on Instagram. That's where I, I write and think and feel. So if you want to hang out with me there, Peter Walters yoga. Amazing. Thank you so much, Peter, for your time today. Thank you for having it was me. Such a pleasure chatting with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast anywhere you listen. Don't forget to send me a screenshot of your review to enter our giveaway this week. Come and connect with us on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast and visit withribbon.com slash you like the letter U slash Erica Belanger to become a premium member for the podcast or get your hands on our exclusive content, including our video class library. 
Check out the show notes on my website at ericabalanger.com to find more info about our guests of today, Peter Walters, or my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. Once again, thank you for listening in. Until next time.